0: On Easter we celebrated the crowds, and we said to those who often don't come that Easter is a time where we celebrate a mystery. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. It's a mystery. And we say that one of the differences between a religion and Christianity is that Christianity has mystery shot all the way through it. We don't pretend... To understand everything. We have all kinds of questions. And we invited the folks on Easter to come back for a series of questions that we have here in this body. The month before, we had asked you for some of your questions about faith, things you don't understand, or that even if they don't bother you, questions that you couldn't answer easily. Had over 60 of those questions, lumped them into uh, a pile And today, we would like to talk about one of the most prominent of those questions. It was basically, does prayer change God's mind at all? Why am I praying? Uh, Three questions I'll I'll deal with that came uh, from you. The first was this. My 65-year-old brother was just diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer, already in his uh, liver and lymph nodes. How do I answer my extended family's questions, where is God now? How do I share my belief in God's goodness and hope? I'm not going to answer that question. (laughs) In part because that's the question of pain, suffering, and evil. And two weeks from today, a week from this weekend, we would like to focus on that exclusively. But the person goes on and talks about prayer. Can we really pray for something specific like my brother's healing? Or should we pray for God's will to be done and for strength and peace during that illness and with whatever outcome? I've done the former, but that feels audacious. I don't know God's will, and God does not always heal, so I pray that other way. That's question number one. Question number two is very much simpler. It's this, how do I hear God's voice? How do I know whether it's God that is speaking to me? The third question I added, because I thought it was, uh, frankly, the question that that a lot of people have but are embarrassed to say. It comes from uh, a dad who is an agnostic, a person who isn't sure about God, writing to his son who is a pastor professor. And the dad uh, says this. As I've said before, I don't see that prayer ever works. Not only that, I don't see how prayer ever could work. If God's all good and all powerful and concerned about us, doesn't he already want the best for us? So wouldn't he already be doing as much as he can ever do for us? So what are you asking for in prayer? Are you asking him to pray care more? He supposedly already cares as much as he could. you asking him to do more? He's supposedly doing everything he can. Are you informing him of some problem so that he'll know about it and do something about it? Supposedly God already knows everything so you can't inform him or coax him, empower him. And and then he says, so what the hell are you doing when you pray? That's a quote. So what the hell are you doing when you pray? The whole thing seems like a total waste of time to me. Do you have an answer for that? Before we jump into the Head answers. I I just want to say that all through this series, we've been praying that you would hear the question beneath the question. A lot of times, when somebody asks about the existence of God, they're really saying, How come God doesn't feel present to me? When they ask here about prayer, what they're really asking often is, How come my prayers go unanswered? Why don't I sense God here? That's not a theological thing for them. It's a real life thing. They're saying, she's going to die. Help me. And so for people who are prayers that today are feeling like your prayers are being sent back to you, marked rejected, address unknown, we want to say that we understand. This is a real life issue for many, not many of you right now, but for many of us right now as well. Let's take that last question first. It's actually from the book that Greg writes of his interaction with his agnostic dad he called Letters from a Skeptic. Well, I don't see why prayer ever works, the dad says. When I ask God, why would I ask God who already knows everything something? I think it starts with your premise. I think the main point of prayer, the main part of prayer, has very little to do with asking for stuff. The main point of prayer is to establish and then build a relationship. A faithful, love-filled relationship with the God who is our creator and redeemer. What kind of relationship would I have with my wife Laura if the only time I talked to her was when I was asking her for something? It wouldn't be very good. When we talk, we talk about everything. Our fears and our hopes, our days and our future, the things that we're learning. That's the way it is supposed to be with God. Prayer is supposed to have as its main function just being with someone that you love. In other words, prayer is recognizing again in the middle of the afternoon, oh, you're here. Did you see that duck? What did you think about that? with someone that you love, to listen, to talk, just to be there with your creator. Prayer is a reminder that God is here. So Greg answered his dad's question about asking things this way. He said, Dad, asking for things, that's what we call petitionary prayer. It's just a minor aspect of this relationship with God. It's not that God needs our petitions to be informed or empowered to do anything, you're right. God's already as good and as concerned, as informed and as powerful as God can possibly be. But, because God has love as his highest agenda, God gives us, you and me, God gives you and me some say-so in the universe, in our life. We have to have some choice if we're going to be free people Because only people with a free will can love. If I don't have any choice about whether I love you or not, it's not really love. I'm being forced to do it. But if I choose to love or not love, then my choice, my love, has real meaning. And so God gives us choices to go this way or that way. He knows the overall chapter heading, but he allows us to write the script in between. To marry this person or that. This job or that. This truth or that lie. And each choice is a reflection, not necessarily of what God wants, but what God allows. Petitionary prayer is simply the spiritual aspect of that same power to influence. That power to change the universe that God gives us in the physical world. Lift the rock or don't. In the same way that God decided he would not do everything exactly as he wanted on a physical level to give us freedom, God decides so that he won't always do what he'd like to do on a spiritual level. In fact, God gives us spiritual say-so. Prayer is spiritual say-so for the very same reason that he gives us physical say-so to help us become free to help us to learn to trust and depend on him so that we can have a real, loving relationship. There are some things God chooses not to do until God is asked. Because God wants us to learn the freedom and responsibility of asking. God is not a spiritual vending machine. Put in four prayers, you'll get this answer. God's not a puzzle that if you figure it out right, You'll get what you ask for. There's a relationship here. And that's part of what makes prayer a mystery. But you understand it almost intuitively. You know, the great thing about talking about prayer on Mother's Day is that there's no way we can ever understand or define the depths of a mother's fierce love. Just can't can't do it. But we know that it's there. And that... That's how prayer affects things. In ways we cannot quantify, we develop the assurance that God is there and that God cares immensely. Well, then why doesn't God answer my prayers? Mother's Day. As I walked into Breadsmith this morning, a mom walks out with a screaming three-year-old. Not a whimpering, crying, a screaming three-year-old boy. And the guy I'm walking in with says, Yeah, it must be Mother's Day, where's the dad? (laughs) And she sits him down on a chair outside and tries to calm him. Why aren't my prayers answered? Well, what's the batting average of a typical three-year-old with mom? Most of the time, a three-year-old is saying, why this, why not that, why not over here, why not now, please, now, please, now. Now. Is it that the mother is not loving her child because she's saying, wait, or not yet, or no? Of course not. Parents delight in the curious questions of their children, at least the first 452 of them, (laughs) before 9 o'clock in the morning. We love that, but we know that saying, not yet, takes more love than saying, sure, here have a 14th Tutsi Roll. We want so much the best for them that we do not always give them what we want. That's the way my prayers are. And that's why I think it's important to pray, to establish that relationship. What, what about that uh, first question that was asked? Woman has a sick brother. Can we really pray for something specific like healing of an illness or should we just pray for God's will to be done? There's a a passage in uh, Paul's letter to the church at Rome where he's talking about prayer and the reason I love it is because Paul is me. Paul says, we don't even know what we ought to pray for. Or that could be translated, we don't even know how to pray but God's spirit intercedes for us with groans too deep beyond mere words we're all three-year-olds all of us it should not surprise us that our prayers are not answered the same way it should not surprise us that a lot of times we do not even know how to pray Prayer, the whole idea of talking to God about our lives, reminds us fairly constantly we live in a broken world. Ask the children of Syria. Ask the children of uh, Lake and Pillsbury this morning with another shooting right outside their houses. Prayer reminds us we live in a broken world. You know, the Bible contains a prayer book, a book full of prayers. It's called the Psalms. Psalm means song. But those songs are just prayers that have been turned into songs. And the most common of the prayers of the Bible is called a lament. Oh, God, why did you let that happen? Oh, God, why is this still going on? Oh, God, help me. Prayer often reminds us that we are in a broken world and we don't even know how to pray. I have a a book that an old woman gave me in my very first pastorate when I knew so much more than I know now. Um, It's actually out of print. You can get it only through Amazon.com. It's called Prayers for Impossible Days by Paul Garris. Prayers for Impossible Days, and and I love it because even the chapter headings, this is when you pray, a prayer for days when things go against you, a prayer, I like this more than when I first did, a prayer to age without bitterness, a prayer after a separation, Prayer when you're the subject of gossip. Prayer when you're worried about money. Prayer about the sorrow for sin. Prayer when you feel that you've failed. A prayer when you're tired of prayer. I love prayers for impossible days. And they help me answer the question of, should I pray for what's specifically on my mind, or should I pray for God's will? For God's sake. Pray for what's on your mind. Pray for exactly what you think is on your mind, because that's the kind of prayer that God loves. The prayer of our heart, not the prayer of, oh, I ought to pray, I, I, I know I want this, but I ought to pray for that, because maybe if I pray for that, I'll get this. You're confusing God much less yourself. God, I don't know what's best. That's an honest prayer, but I do and I want. That is more honest. I would tell this woman, don't get too spiritual for God. Acknowledge the will of God. Say, I'm trying to trust you, God, and pray like heaven for comfort and for healing. What about that question, in the, the second question in the list, that Real short one. How do I hear God's voice? How do I know when God is speaking to me? If I have uh, learned anything in the 55 years that I have followed Jesus, if I've learned anything, it's that prayer is very disconnected from my emotions. Prayer is not an emotional experience. Sometimes I go, oh God, I pray for my children that they will be And I'm filled with love for the kids and I just, I can't wait to see how God answers his prayer. And most days I'm like, okay, God, I'm supposed to pray for my kids, so I'm praying for my kids. Okay, God, I am supposed to pray for this, so I'm praying for this. I don't feel it, but I'm still praying for it. Isn't that the key to love, to do it when you don't feel it? To have a relationship that is founded in reality is not to have it founded in emotion, but in perseverance. Sometimes I think God wants me to keep praying and praying for something, not so that I'll know whether God is serious, but whether I'll know that I am serious about this. Is this really important? God is teaching me to persevere. C.S. Lewis once said that I think the prayers that I pray when I am totally emotionally detached may be the most powerful ones that I pray. The ones that get right to the throne of heaven. How do I hear God's voice? I'm not sure that prayer is a a huge hearing aid. I I used to think that there was something wrong with my prayer because I was not often enough hearing God say, go through the door on the left. I, I think that more... Prayer is me turning constantly enough to God that I am able to see God in the world around me. To know that God is in both the door on the left and in the door on the right, the important thing is not to choose the correct door, the important thing is to look for God to be present with me. We are, um, we are often taught that we should wait until God reveals himself in prayer. I, I, I question that sometimes. I don't think you should rush, but I think that if you wait for that little mystical voice in the middle of the night to tell you exactly what you want to hear, you're usually just waiting for exactly what you want to hear. And I think God reveals himself to us in, in very many other, other ways. We we're trying to teach our children about prayer, a Mom's Day uh, story. trying to teach our uh, three-year-old Maggie uh, about prayer. And she is seated in one of those little scooters. And, and well, why, why should we have to pray before we get the ice cream? And, uh, well, it's because when we pray, God talks to us. And when we pray enough, we learn how to listen to God. We hear God speak back. And Maggie cocks her head to the side and goes, okay, Jesus. Yeah, just heard him again. <laughs> it may be that's why children are closer to the kingdom of heaven. It may be that she learned a lesson on prayer. That the prime purpose of prayer is that you and I will learn to see God in this world all through the day. People were um, shocked six or seven years ago when a journal revealed that Mother Teresa, the great saint of India, had gone for 50 plus years without feeling the presence of God. This great spiritual woman who called people to pray every day as she did, said that right at the beginning of when I became a Christian and right at the middle And then never again have I felt the presence of God. And it just hurt a lot of people's faith. That helped me so much. That made me feel like, oh God, God, really, God? Well, if you treat Mother Teresa that way, there's hope for me. Dorothy Day, the great Christian activist, spoke to God for decades and did not hear God so much as she said, I had a growing sense of God's reality in my day. I did not hear God, but I had a growing sense that God was there. The pastor who was involved in the uh, 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous was Sam Shoemaker. And Sam would often say to people, I don't believe in prayer, he'd say, well, why don't you try it for 30 days? What have you got to lose? Every day, Just three times a day, not all day, but every day, three times a day, write a card that says, God, right now I'm going to pray about and finish that sentence. You do it every day for 30 days. He says, I guarantee you that whether you hear God's voice or not, the world will look more God-filled in 30 days. Do I hear God's voice? How do I know when it's God speaking to me? Laura is not here this weekend. She's down in Chicago. My uh, brother in law, her brother, Baby David, uh, has stage four cancer. It uh, looks very grim. And uh, s- many of you know that Laura does a-, a blog called Awake My Soul. And she went down there with a draft of a blog she wanted to show them before she sent it out. And uh, the blog is on prayer. And it, it says, uh, What are the six most important words in prayer? What are the six most important words in prayer? six most important words in prayer are found in the book of Daniel. Everybody remembers Daniel in the lion's den, but you probably also remember from Sunday school, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, right? In the furnace. What happens is the king creates a huge idol, and he says, everybody that doesn't bow down to this idol gets thrown in the furnace. And the three of them love the king, but they love God even more, and so they refuse to bow The king hauls them in front of him and says, This, when you hear the music, if you fall down and worship the image I made, very good for you. But if you don't worship it, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace, and then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves to you. If we're thrown into the furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us, and he'll save us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve any other gods or worship that idol. And into the furnace they went. The rest of the story was the second miracle. The first miracle is that these people had come through their prayers and through their lives and through their relationships into a belief that God was there all around them, and if they prayed, God would deliver them, but even if not, they trusted that this God loved them. And my wife is going down to tell her brother, I'm praying for you, but even if not. Only prayers given over a lifetime can offer you the unshakable conviction that there is a God who loves you and wants your best. You will have doubts and concerns about every prayer every day of your life. But if you continue to look for the God in the world around around you to whom you pray for, you will be reminded that you are beloved of God. You are the apple of God's eye. Remember I told you that in Romans 8, the Apostle Paul says, we don't even know how to pray. This is how Paul ends Romans chapter 8. He says, I've become absolutely convinced that nothing in all of creation, not angels or demons, not powers or principalities, not life or death, not heaven or hell, nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. But even if he does not. I'm not sure that this is helpful to your friends who don't believe in God. Or even to your friends who have questions about whether prayer works. But for those of you who are working to pray even when your heart is broken. My prayer is that this mysterious relationship we have with God will change you. And you will see God all around you. Jesus was asked one time, God, how are we supposed to pray? And he showed people how to pray. So why don't you close your eyes? Lord, we talk about prayer sometimes more than we pray. You don't want to make it simple like a child, but you want to make it clear that when we pray, we should say, Father, I know you're in heaven, but I sense that you're here. Our Father who art in heaven, I know that you're here. Bless your name. Bless you because you are the source of goodness and all that is loving in this world. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. God, help me to see what you want me to do. Help me to see your will being done in this world. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I I think that means that I am not supposed to worry about tomorrow, but for today's bread. And I pray for that bread for me and those whom I love. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Wash me clean that I don't have to pretend anymore, God. And deliver us from evil. Evil often walks the streets and sometimes it hides in my heart. Deliver us from evil. And we will see that yours is the power. And the kingdom. And the glory forever and ever. And all God's children said,